Good morning and welcome to the Lakers Lowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, Russell Westbrook fired his agent. Rich Paul chimed in. LeBron chimed in. And the reasons for Russell Westbrook firing firing his agent are about as fascinating as him doing so in the first place. Friday night news dumps are always the most fun because you just never really know where they're going to go. It's like right before people are really fully calling it a week. People are watching TV. They're there on their couch. Everybody has something to chime in with. And so no better time for Russell Westbrook and his longtime uh, agent, Thad Foucher, to call it quits with each other. Now, in what is a legitimately wild freaking move from uh, Foucher, he just goes out there and puts it out out there on blast that apparently he thinks it's in Russell Westbrook's best interest to push to stay with the Lakers. Russell Westbrook, just based on this statement, would seem to disagree, and and not just with the statement, but with the action of parting ways with Foucher. Now, you always got to be a little careful, uh, you know, really rolling with somebody's word who was just fired, right? I'm not, I'm not going out here to say that Foucher is some scorned agent and would would just absolutely. Uh, burn the bridges that he has built with Westbrook over the last 14 years. But, you know, just got to be careful, got to take it with a, with a grain of salt. But if we are to believe to at least some extent what Foucher is saying here, it seems like, and, and it makes sense for the from the agent standpoint, um, so long as Russell Westbrook is on the Lakers, he's probably going to be the starting point guard. So long as he's on the Lakers with the hometown team and that Lakers platform, if he turns it around, you could really see some kind of reclamation for for his career. And as soon as he gets traded, especially gets traded to San Antonio or Utah or Indiana, teams with cap space that would be taking in his contract for draft compensation, as soon as that happens and he gets bought out, it is really difficult, if not impossible, at this stage of uh, Westbrook's career to go from the league minimum contract that he would be getting after getting bought out to anywhere near where he's at right now. Whereas if he plays decently, the Lakers surprise some people, you might be looking at a, a lot more uh, profitable contract for Russell Westbrook moving forward. So just those those things to keep in mind there. But all that said, if Russ seemed as he seems to think that that relationship is too far gone, then it's on the Lakers now to <laughs> to appease him. Shortly thereafter, Rich Paul says it's a cold game, and then LeBron James uh, quote tweets him with some, you know, vaguely thinly veiled subtweet of his own and we're off and running and again it, it just it just furthers this not narrative but reality of the situation where LeBron was in the same arena with Russ did not make eye contact as teammates and coaches and executives made their way down to LeBron Russ didn't budge LeBron didn't budge there was no cool meeting up at half court um, to try to calm the waters that didn't happen uh this 
added to it where as all this is going on, LeBron seems to, and LeBron and his camp seem to be pouring gasoline on the flames. Uh, you had the reports before Vegas that LeBron's extension could be tied to a Russell Westbrook slash Kyrie Irving trade. So like clearly LeBron knows how this, how he wants this thing to play out. Russell Westbrook seems to understand that as well. And, and now it's just a matter of making it happen. The problem there though is the Lakers might have missed their opportunity. I said about a week ago or so that the Lakers needed to pull the trigger on a deal, even if they didn't want to move both of their draft picks. Um, They needed to pull the trigger on a deal while that deal was still available, while they still had seemingly the upper hand in, in some kind of leverage. Now, whether or not Jovan Buha of The Athletic and his reporting that a deal would be done if the Lakers had included the, the proper draft compensation. Um, whether you want to believe that or not, I, I, there is never, I have never had any reason to not believe Jovan's reporting. I know the guy does great work, um, so I am going to believe that. And on top of that, uh, this is a situation where, look, you have Rudy Gobert going for a handful of first-rounders. You have Donovan Mitchell. The expectation there is that he's going to go for even more draft compensation. You have DeJounte Murray going for three picks of uh, for, for himself. You have all of this recent examples, all of these recent examples of players going for a certain amount of draft compensation given where their careers are at. Or we have all these recent examples of what it costs to move a bad contract so this idea that the Lakers are going to get a talent like Kyrie as unpredictable as he might be, and it was hilarious over the weekend that he was expected to play at Drew League and then didn't show up. Dude knows his brand. Uh, but as, as we know that he is still incredibly talent, it's going to cost something to get the guy. And then we also know it's going to cost something to move Russell Westbrook. So this idea that two first-rounders is some line in the sand that the Lakers are unwilling to cross as LeBron and Russ and Clutch and everybody seem to be taking blowtorches to each other, you don't want to miss this opportunity. You just don't. And uh, I hope the Lakers didn't. On that note, whether or not the Lakers might have missed their opportunity, uh, this is from Jake Fisher on his pod. From my conversations with people in the, the league, seems pretty clear Kyrie's accepting the fact that he is overwhelmingly like to be likely to be back in Brooklyn. Uh, I, <laughs> again, with all of these things, you have to understand that there is more going on here, and the more that Kyrie puts out there and his camp puts out there, yeah, shucks, seems like we're going to be staying in in Brooklyn. That applies pressure to the Lakers. LeBron playing in the Drew League. Um, it was funny. I told Harrison as it was going on, hey, if I really wanted to go full undisputed here, I could probably say, seems like he's doing a little extra work to remind LA sports fans of what he brings to the table, why the Lakers need to give him one more chance at winning a championship, and and continue to apply pressure to Genie. Via this super rare public 
appearance in the Drew League, right? It hasn't happened in, in, in a really, really long time. And and so it was funny to see right after that, Dave McMenamin of, of ESPN frame it as, yeah, LeBron was further ingratiating himself to this L.A. crowd. And so you have all of these instances, the extension league, the the way that LeBron and Russ didn't interact at Vegas, the way that uh, Drew League went down, the way that LeBron reacted to Russ firing his agent, the quotes that we got right after the season. It's just like thing after thing after thing after thing that highlight the fact that this is just not a relationship that either party seem all that interested in 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 reclaiming. And uh, as that <laughs> remains the case, and until the Lakers trade for Kyrie Irving, we're going to keep getting more of these leaks that continue to apply pressure publicly to the Lakers, to the Nets, to get something done. And I don't blame any of the parties involved. Speaking of Drew League, I thought it was cool that LeBron showed up and played. You know that he is smart enough to, to stay out of crowded uh, areas in the paint. You know he's not going to go up to try to, to, to block anybody um, on some kind of breakaway. Thought it was kind of funny that he uh, missed a late free throw because, again, people seem to know their brand. Um, and, and, and I think overall, though, giving everybody the opportunity to see him in that setting, um, letting those guys, like having those guys show up thinking, yeah, I'm going to wake up, get a good run in, go and, and, and play in front of some people. And then find out they're playing against LeBron freaking James. Um, I thought, you know, that had to be pretty cool, if not <laughs> terrifying as it was exhilarating. Uh, but all, overall, I thought it was really cool. All that said, I was freaking the hell out all the same because you're just one move away from the Lakers season being completely tanked. And for those of you who were telling me that Austin Reeves shouldn't have been playing in Summer League, because of injury concerns, and then you're going to turn around and tell me that it's completely okay and I shouldn't be worried about LeBron playing in this worthless ex exhibition game. Uh, yeah, that's pretty inconsistent. Glad he made it through. Really cool to watch and all of that stuff. I'm glad it's behind us. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Lakers Lowdown podcast. Now, there was not a, an episode of the uh can you dig it pod yesterday? Uh, Jake is still recovering from COVID. So best wishes to you, Jacob, as you, as you continue to deal with that, um, here in a bit, I am going to be recording with Aaron, um, as our week is slightly thrown off this week because of a guest that I'm hoping to record with on Friday. Um, the, the, the schedule on this even today is kind of up in the air because I have some people working on the internet here in the afternoon, but still gonna, gonna knock it out as quickly as I can, as soon as I can, and get that up for you so that we can recap all of this stuff and continue to look ahead. The Lakers wrapped up their summer league. Aaron and I will talk about that. But uh, until you guys hear from me next, whenever that might be, I'm Anthony Irwin saying have a good one.